and we back 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 and we and we back and we back and we back this is a Welcome to The Deep End, a podcast brought to you by DigitalOcean. My name is Jonas Bergius. I'm an engineering manager here at DigitalOcean, and I'll be your host today. Uh, today, we'll be speaking to Kelsey Hightower. He is the... I'm the man. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm the guy in the Kubernetes community. So I work for Google, a uh, Google Cloud Platform. I specialize in Kubernetes open source community and uh, just helping helping people succeed. All right. Cool. Awesome. So um, leading up to it, so we're here at OSCON right now and uh, leading up to OSCON and even actually at the conference itself, uh, one of the things I, I couldn't help but to notice is that you've, you're sort of all over the place. You know, I saw your f- face at the uh, Microsoft booth and I started to see OSCON ads with Kelsey's face on them, you know, kind of a, becoming an open source celebrity. So uh, I think the first thing we should really start talk or start with is is uh, have you tell us a little bit about how how you got to be where you are today. Uh, to sum it up really quickly, I think it's just being helpful to people. So I've I started out life as a sysadmin, and when we just stick to the technology as a sysadmin, you know, tech support at the job where people you're hosting a server, they have a website, and they call you. It doesn't work. Right. So you get really good at interacting with people over the phone and anyone that's ever done tech support, you know how hard it is to troubleshoot people who may or may not be technical over the phone Mm -hmm. and getting their problems solved over the phone. You really learn how to listen and answer things quickly. So progressing from there, I've always liked helping people. So going from tech support to becoming a system administrator, you learn how to fix things, break things on call, put out fires and then spent a lot of time as a developer Mm -hmm. and you know, growing my chops from the software development side, working on open source projects like Puppet, spent time at CoreOS, um, and most recently Google or Kubernetes. And I guess over my career, there's one common thing, and that's just helping people, whether you're fixing bugs on a project, mm-hmm. keeping your DMs open on Twitter to give, you know, support for people that are just getting into Golang or Kubernetes. And I think for me, I think people appreciate that. So they invite you to speak at conferences and tell your story or continue to help with the workshop. So as a chair at OSCON, which is helping put together an open source conference program, um, you know, you kind of help curate the program, but you also help and become the face of the conference itself. So I have two other co-chairs and uh, a lot of people really appreciate all the hard work that goes into putting together a conference and making it successful. Yeah. So speaking of that, would you would you mind maybe um, sharing some of the behind the scenes details, like what what's involved in, in putting one of these things together? Because as an attendee, it seems like it's all very smooth and easy, but I, I'm sure that behind the scenes, there's a lot more going on. So I've, I've been a cover chair a few times, and specifically for O'Reilly, mm-hmm. this is professional. This is like the top of the game of putting together a conference, and they have tons of people. O'Reilly does like 17 plus events a year at this scale. Um, they have really great AV. Like this is the AV that you would have at a professional concert, right? So they know what they're doing. They do this all the time. There's speaker management. There are people that understand budget that sell, work with sponsors. So as a chair at an O'Reilly conference, you really focus on the tracks, the themes, 
the things for the keynotes. And our goal really is to figure out what's what's happening today. What do people need help with? What do they need to know? And we reach out to keynote speakers and we figure out, you know, will these keynote speakers resonate with the audience? Mm-hmm. And then we look at the various tracks. For instance, we have like a TensorFlow day. Machine learning is hot. So people want to know about machine learning. So that's what we do. We put together the program and then the machine at a rally prints out the schedule, gets everything in order, make sure everything flows, the signage, everything you can think of, even down to code of conduct issues if there's any. So all that just taken care of as a chair, you really focus on the program. Right. Making sure the content is fit for, for the type of conference you're putting on and, and that kind of thing. Okay. And so I guess we could maybe, would you mind sort of highlighting some of you, I think you already alluded to some of these, but what are some of the big themes that OSCON this year and what that you've been really excited about and you know helping bring into, into Austin? Well, so infrastructure is hot right now. So a lot of the open source movement today is a lot of infrastructure stuff, whether it's containers, Kubernetes. You also have things around machine learning. So a lot of the frameworks, TensorFlow, all this stuff is pretty big. We also see a lot of Microsoft stuff, .NET, SQL Server. Microsoft has really done a good job of pivoting towards the open source world. And also we saw during one of the keynotes, you know, the government is open sourcing things, right? So we always talked about open source being this thing that was a challenge for most enterprises and bureaucracy and all these things. And then here's the White House building their own software, saving taxpayer money, and then being able to ship it and share with everybody. And everyone knows how hard it is to, to actually build open source projects. And here they are doing it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, would you, um, you know, if somebody is listening to this that's new to open source and maybe hasn't even gotten started, uh, and you yourself as a very seasoned um, part of the community, uh, a member of the community, uh, what would you tell someone that's sort of new and looking to get in, break in and get become part of open source and get contributing? I think open source, the, the closest analogy I can think of is like music, right? The ability these days, the ability for people to make music. Mm-hmm. You can download free beat machines or even free instrumentals from the internet. And if you have a voice, you can actually contribute your ideas, your thoughts to music. There's so many genres of music. And open source is like that. There's so many things to work on, whether it's documentation, a database product, or maybe even a little tool just to solve your problems. And that's where we're at now. So for some people, software is a, a way of expressing themselves, solving a problem, or even or even getting a message out there, right? If you really want people to have freedom of information, you can build tools that aggregate that information and make it available for people. We see this with some of the open data sets. Mm-hmm. So I think right now music is, or open source is one of those things that is the, almost one of the most accessible things we have in all the technology. And since it's software, the barrier to entry is so low. And the open source movement is about not just the source code, but the collaboration, inviting people to collaborate when you have a problem you can go to a place like GitHub and say, hey, I'm trying to solve this particular problem. And more than likely, there's going to be some software written by someone or some company that solves that problem for you to use. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's that's really good. And I think it's um, you know important for us to, as, as members of the community, to encourage further uh, adoption and getting more people involved because all, we all benefit from that. Um, so sort of switching gears a little bit, since we're talking, you touched on music a little bit, something I'd like to talk about a little bit is where do you find inspiration? You, you're one of those kind of people that really inspire the people that listen to your talks. You know, you, you, I see you at around conferences, working the floor, always being really helpful. Um, and so you, I think you as a person inspire a lot of people, including myself to start giving talks at conferences and things like that. Thank you. 
Um, so yeah, I would, I'd be curious to hear like, where does your source of, what's your source of inspiration? I think when I was young, when I was growing up in, I think Dick Clark said this music is the soundtrack of your life. Mm-hmm. And you know, parts of my life when I was young, your mom's playing Al Green at 6 a.m. And I already knew what time it was. You're going to be cleaning, you're moving couches and you're going to be cleaning for the next six hours. And so I think a lot of times music really resonates with us where we're at, when we have success, when we have failed, when we're happy, when we're sad. We remember the movie, uh, the music from our favorite movies. So for me, um, whenever I'm, you know, we travel a lot to do this job, and sometimes I, I listen to new music, and that new album becomes the soundtrack for that particular experience. And so for me, there's a couple of songs that stick with me. Right now, Chance the Rapper, he has a few good songs. And the nice thing about Chance, he's a really good rapper, good lyricist, but he makes good music, the kind of music that makes you want to be inspired. And I'll listen to that. Or sometimes if I really want to feel confident, I'm about to go on stage, it's a keynote, and I'm about to give a live demo, you know, I'll throw on Snoop Dogg's new album. He has a song, I'm a Legend. And what I think about that is, it's not really to brag, but it's to say, look, I've done a good job in my career. And to myself, I am a legend. And if you believe that you're a legend, then you'll go out and you'll try to do legendary things. You'll take more risks than normal. And that's what legends do. And in order to be one, you have to think like one. So that's on my playlist. And I listen to a mix of music. But for the most part, those are the things that really get me up and say, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you, what would you say to people that may have not found their like, source of inspiration? Like getting in, again, these you know, maybe up and coming, really uh, young, inspiring, inspire, er, aspiring uh, folks uh, getting into the field. Like what would you tell them like, in terms of like, finding themselves or finding this groove and getting, becoming like, part of the part of the community? Honestly, I think people are inspired all the time, but they miss it because they try to compare their accomplishments to others. Like, oh, I've never gone to space or walked on the moon. Like, neither has the majority of the world, okay? But there's times where you're just sitting at your desk and maybe you're just trying to install a piece of software. And even though it should be easy, it may take you four or five hours to do so. And you may get it in hour number six. Yeah. And at that time, you get this feeling, right? That feeling like, I just did it. And if you're like me, you get out of your chair and you run around the room a little bit. You may even throw on that, that playlist. Like, you know, I just did this. And maybe there's a little tw- you know, trick to it. Right? If you do it this way, it works. And at that point, that's, that's the inspiration. And if you, if you think about those moments, even though they look simple to you, everyone's a beginner at some point. No one knows everything. And if you take that emotion, that feeling, that sense of accomplishment, and you can translate that onto the stage. And if you behave the same way, the same energy even for the smallest tasks, Mm -hmm. that's what makes this work, right? Trying to be the best speaker, trying to be the smartest person in the room, that's going to drain you. That's hard to measure. But being excited and being genuine, everyone, everyone can relate to that. Yeah. It's it's like finding your sort of what makes you take, what's your superpower? I I mean, yourself, I think, uh, I think you've mentioned this, but I'll, I'll just sort of say myself is, what I think is your superpower is teaching other people. It's that taking that learning that you've gathered yourself and then just making it accessible to everyone else, which is you know, obviously working really well. And, and everyone, I think, is is benefiting from that. So Yeah, we're human beings. People forget that <clears throat> there are so many people in the world. And even if you're working on something that seems like a niche to you, when you share your solution and you share your problem, it's almost guaranteed you're not the only one in the world that has that problem. Right. So this is why I think everyone should be encouraged just to share things. And, and this is how most people learn. When someone builds something, you read documentation, or when a director and the cast of actors make a movie, 
they're all sharing their ideas or their thoughts about how things are, how things should be. And I think that's just how the world works. That's, that's a human thing. It's not about being the best or better than anyone else. Just do that. Right. So speaking of that, <clears throat> since we're talking a little bit about technology as well, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on what do you think is next? So containers and, and machine learning are the, the hot thing right now. Uh, but and, and we're starting to, you, you could say that we're sort of past the really early days of that. We're starting to get a little bit more mainstream. There's bigger companies getting into the business, obviously, Microsoft, Google, uh, AWS, all, all the big players are in this. Um, and, and then tons of other people's are adopters. Um, what would you say, where do you think this industry is going? Like we're just getting good at containers, but the containers aren't really the end and end, uh, end game here. Yeah, I think the containers are a natural progression from virtual machines and kind of all the stuff we've been doing. Nothing's wrong with better, faster tooling. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. I think technology, all technology coincides with the way humans operate. And I've been thinking about this problem a lot. And I, and I always think about the situation where imagine before we had mass utility companies where you can get power and you pay monthly. And if everyone had their own solar panels at the top of the roof, And you were able to generate enough electricity and you have a generator maybe for backup purposes. And you can imagine every home in America being able to do this. Imagine then a utility company showing up and saying, hey, we would like you to take all the solar panels off your roof, turn in that generator and buy power from us. You're going to have a lot of people like, no way. Like there's there's some independence to having the ability to produce your own power. So I think... When you think about that scenario and you say there's new appliances that come out that pull more power than you're able to generate alone, you start thinking about how do you scale that situation? And in that world, utility companies become valuable. And in some cases, they become necessary. And once there's trust in place, it could either be the regulation, the pricing is correctly, you get that. So let's fast forward to where we are today. The cloud providers are coming in in a world where people have had solar panels for a very long time, AKA your own servers, your own data centers. And the problem we're trying to solve is not really having to give someone a machine, right? The VM, here's a VM. The real problem people want to solve is I wrote an application and usually you're writing an application for some purpose. Like if you're selling insurance, you want to rate, you know, give someone a quote for insurance. So the goal is as a developer, you write an application and your goal is to get it to the customer in as few steps as possible. And if you think about the future, it's anything that reduces that to its very bare minimal. And whatever that looks like is what the future has to be. And we see hints of it. You see Amazon Lambda, Google Cloud Functions. You see all of these platforms that try to reduce you know, your time to value. And I think that's just where it has to go. And that's going to require a bit of trust. Maybe it isn't running on the machine underneath your desk. Maybe it isn't running in your old data center. We have to figure out a way to make it work for large people and then I think we can give an even playing field in terms of a global presence for every developer that's out there. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so I, <clears throat> at this point, I, I guess we've covered the sort of main topics that I want to just touch on. I know you're a busy guy. So uh, is there any, any sort of parting words that you'd love, love to drop in um, as just before we wrap things up? So last week I gave a, a, a keynote in a style that I've never done before. I actually told my own story didn't talk about any tools. I didn't talk about frameworks, agile, DevOps. I told like my own story. And a lot of people came up to me and say, hey, I love your technical presentations. I love your live demos. But that story made me cry. It made me laugh multiple times. 
And when you think about that, it always reminds me that if you just understand who you are and you're not afraid to share that, I think that's the most powerful thing you can do in your tech career, period, and always. And you do that at work, you do that at home, and all the other stuff, the technology, the frameworks, that will just fall in line as long as you remain genuine and stay the person you should be. And I think that to me was, to me was a reminder of how I get here, how I stay here. <coughs> so basically bring your <clears throat> full self to the technology and everything you do. Don't, don't be afraid of who you are. All right. Well, thank you very much for making the time to be part of the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is a